All right, listeners, welcome back to Just Goes to Show. This is your host, Ridge. I'm actually here with a substitute co-host, Marth. Marth, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. This is Marth. Yes. Um, awesome. So um, Chris is in uh, Hawaii this week. Chiss, I should say. Yeah, he's in Hawaii. He's already really tan to begin with, so he's going to be super dark after this trip. But also there is supposedly a hurricane heading for Hawaii, so right, yeah. thoughts and prayers to Chiss. So he's going to play play, that, play his way out of that with wingbacks, and he should be okay. So um, essentially what we're going to cover, listeners, we're going to cover, obviously, a recap of last week's fixtures. Last week was our second week in the Premier League, and we really saw some teams start to develop towards certain patterns and um, kind of start to uh, um, you know solidify their uh, their style and the way they play in the Premier League, which is exciting. Um, then after that, we have a couple new segments we want to bring. We also want to bring in some of Mars' expertise in regards to what she does um, from the American football side of things. Um, that's football in the States. Um, and then after that, we'll give you a little preview for the uh, third week of the Premier League, what to look out for here. Um, and then just to finish up, we'll give you some admin updates and also a surprise segment as well. So, um, Marth, first of all, welcome. Thank Happy you. to have you. Thank you. Um, yes, uh, recording podcast out of Michigan instead of Chicago this time. So things are things are changing, but it's a different time zone, right? It's it's just different. Yeah, things are weird. Um, but let, let's start with jumping into because we both watched a lot of Premier League from this past weekend, yes. and we both had a lot of time to watch a lot of the fixtures. Um, I'll, I'll kind of jump into what we saw on Saturday. We didn't have any Friday fixtures like we did on the opening week. So on Saturday we saw. Um, what I thought was a really entertaining day of football. Um, to start the day, early morning games, we had uh, Cardiff and Newcastle nil-nil draw. I mean, um, the opposite of entertaining football. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just early, early, <laughs> early dig at both of those teams. Um, and then throughout the day, we saw uh, West Ham 1 against Bournemouth 2, Spurs 3, Fulham 1, Leicester 2, Wolves 0, Everton 2, Southampton 1, Chelsea 3, Arsenal 2. So, yeah. um, breaking it down from top to bottom, you really didn't like the Cardiff-Newcastle fixture. I mean, it was just... Like, think of the most boring game of football you've ever watched. And then yeah. add in a really nasty tackle that should have been given a red card, and that was that match. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting, actually, because Neil Etheridge, the Cardiff goalkeeper, has now saved a penalty in the first two games for Cardiff um, in the Premier League um, renaissance, I should say. So Cardiff last week um, had, a Premier, had a penalty save from Neil Etheridge, and then he's the first Filipino player ever in the Premier League, which, which is, is awesome. cool. Very, very um, cool. And then he also saved a penalty against Newcastle from Kennedy, who just had an absolute nightmare. He really did. I mean, he kicked someone out in the, I don't even know what minute it was, but it was just abysmal. Like, he should have been sent off immediately, like, suspended for three games for that act alone. The fact that the referee didn't see it, and then later on he was awarded a penalty and then missed it, Yeah, is, like, the best definition of just... Karma. Karma, right. I don't believe in karma. But anyway, we'll move on <laughs> next. We'll move on to the next fixture. Uh, West Ham versus Bournemouth. Um, hmm. uh, West Ham went up in this fixture. Uh, they went up 1-0. Um, penalty, right? Uh, n- uh, yes, Arnautovic penalty. Um, hmm. And then Bournemouth came back on 1-2-1, thanks to help from uh, Callum Wilson. Um, right. Any take on the fixture, Marth? I think West Ham are in trouble. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, just not a really good start from them. They were expecting a lot. Arnautovic is a hothead. He can score a penalty like that. I mean, it was a beautiful strike. Right. And then he can get sent off in the third minute of the match. Like, you just never know with him. So it's it's just tough to say. 
I don't think West Ham have looked as good as they will later on in the season. Yeah. It, I think it's really tough for, for to be a West, to to be a Hammer fan right now because mm. um, you know you, the opening day of the season you play Liverpool you get smashed four 0 um, then you come in and think all right cool we'll roll up our sleeves we'll beat Bournemouth uh, we'll show why we spent all this money and I watched a good chunk of that game and I thought that they yeah. um, I didn't think they played really poorly mm. but it's the same thing that that there was a story in the first week and it's defensive liabilities um, they're yeah. playing uh, mm. Balbuena who was a, a Argentinian. Uh, league center, central defender last season and Agbona, um, they need to go out and, and strengthen their defense um, or strengthen from within. And it's funny if you're a West Ham fan, and you're looking at Crystal Palace, who starts James, Tomk- James Tompkins in the heart right. of defense, who is holding clean sheet and playing stellar football. And you're thinking, why did we let him go? Right. Um, they they're crying out for a player like James Tompkins, they uh, really are. an English speaking central defender who can organize the defense, figure out what's what, because um, they're bleeding goals um, and they spend a lot of money, which is tough. It's true, it's true. I don't know. I guess one goal in two games and then six against, it's just that's that's really hard to start the season off with. And I, I don't really see them scoring that many goals this season to right. begin with. So you've got to straighten that back. Yeah, up. yeah. And, and I've, I've talked about how I think they're kind of the, the this year's Everton. But, um, you know, we'll see how that pans <laughs> out. I'm, 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 I don't want to be too eager to congratulate myself on that take. But um, <laughs> that'll take us to our next fixture, which was um, Spurs against Fulham um, at Wembley Stadium. So both teams stayed in London for the, uh, for right. the weekend. Um, and brings us to a massive headline, Harry Kane scoring. In August. In August, early in the year. Let's. Go. Didn't know you could do it. Honestly, I don't know if the world has stopped or what, because it just has never happened before, and that's huge. Also, Trippier with another goal. Like, another goal, yeah. Great, great free kick, yeah. Incredible. Like, triggered flashbacks back to the, the World Cup when he scored against Croatia. Come on, you England. In those first few minutes of that match, but, I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a good match to watch. Right. Really, it was, yeah. No, one of the best of the weekend. For yeah, me. for sure. Um, because the Spurs went up 1-0 in the first half um, with a goal from Lucas Mora, who is actually, the more I watch Spurs, seems to be growing in confidence and ability. He, came, come, he really came from, wasn't on my radar yeah, until came, right. maybe he, last week. He came from PSG um, previously, and he's looked, he's kind of going from strength to strength. Mm-hmm. Um, then full equalized early in the second half. Um, and then, um, you know, Harry Kane was able, able to back a goal. Um, oh, and, and then Kane. Yeah, Trippier and then Kane. And, uh, and then they went up 3-1. So um, a, a, a vintage Spurs win, um, one of those games where they played attractive throughout Fulham. Um, you've got a feel for them because they played Palace and Spurs now. And in both games, they played quite well. Um, but that's, I would agree. that's how harsh the Premier League is, you know? It's true. I mean, the money that they spent, it paid off a little bit. Mitrovic scored. He had a good goal. But it's right. just not going to be enough. Right. Palace and then Spurs, your first two weeks. It's not a great two first fixtures, but it's not going to be the worst that you face. Yeah. So you and really got to start scoring some more goals. And they did a lot of business late in the window, so you expect some of their players to settle that, that, yeah. that they bought. Uh, which brings us quickly to, to the next fixture, Leicester and Wolves. Um, Leicester won 2-0 against Wolves. Um, don't want to cover this one too much because I feel like we're spending a lot of time on the recently promoted sides and kind of screw them. I hope that they flounder. But um, Leicester... The story was... The sending off, wasn't it? Um, yes, and uh, Le- Le- Lester won this one. Um, so they, they won 2 0. Um, they scored an own goal uh, from Wolves, and then Madison had a deflected goal um, going in. Lester had a. Um, 
like kind of a fortuitous win here and yes it it really was the own goal it was it was slimy it you know football's football you're gonna get own goals right. it happens but it was lucky and when they went up one nil that's great but then you know the sending off from Vardy it's just you don't need I don't know for me, that's three game suspension that he did not need to be out, and his side needs him. Yeah, it's tough because, and also for those who don't know, Jamie Vardy, I, I think, drinks two to three Red Bulls before every game. <laughs> he has two espresso shots before, and then like a um, beans on toast. Yeah, the guy's an absolute psychopath. Like, no, he's going to put his studs through someone's knee in a game sooner or later. Um, given the amount of caffeine he intakes, it's just psychotic. <laughs> um, but anyway, moving on, uh, Wolves unlucky again. Um, so the two yeah. promoted sides, Wolves and Fulham, who we expected to do well, no points. Uh, Wolves, Wolves had one point. I, I expect them to score more goals and do better. Um, and then we move, we move on to Everton, Southampton. Everton eked out with a 2-1 win. Richarlison again scoring. Um, and Theo Walker as well. Good win. Everton sees out Southampton. We, I expect Southampton to struggle this season. Yeah, uh, but good to see Richarlison firing, to be honest. Richarlison is killing it. I heard or I read this quote about him today. He His goal for the, the season just his personal goal for the season is get Everton back into the Champions League. He wants to score the most goals on the squad and also get back or get into the Brazilian squad. That's yeah, ambitious guy. Is, yeah. is, he, is he worth 50, <laughs> is he worth fifty million pounds? I don't know. Um, but he's scored some great goals for him so far. But um, regardless, Everton big win, um, and that'll push us to our next fixture, which is Chelsea Arsenal. The, the last game on Saturday. And I, um, I was so, so lucky not to be able to watch this match. Yeah, for for viewers who don't know my backstory with this one, I flew into Northern Michigan um, <laughs> from Chicago, which is not a long flight. Um, was stranded in an airport for upwards of uh, five hours, laying on cement, watching streaming Premier League football on my phone, watching replays, highlights after highlights. Until I could come um, Yeah, it was it, pathetic. Maybe um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and while I was watching all this football, I, I watched entirely the Chelsea Arsenal fixture, and I came away with some some big big takeaways. One, um, the Maurizio Sarri Chelsea side is here to play. Yeah, they're here to play. Um, I'm just gonna speak for Chris and say I love Maurizio Sarri. Oh please, <laughs> Chris, Chris, we miss you. Um, not really though, because your take's still here. But um, yeah, I thought Chelsea played brilliant attacking football, quick, fast, and there were times, uh, probably 25 minutes into that opening, the, the opening, the first half, I thought, wow, Chelsea's gonna go on and push against City and Liverpool to win the league this season because they looked that good. They and then towards the end of the first half, Arsenal pegged back in the Emre, the the Una Emre defense uh, transitioning to attack. And you look at the players like Mkhitary and Aubameyang, they could have had five goals um, by the end of the first half. And um, that game, if you're a neutral, was probably the best game to watch at the weekend. Um, and I do want to give Mauricio Zaretsai's credit, but also, you know, backtracking to my UNI Emmerich pick, I thought Arsenal looked strong. I thought Arsenal played well. They could have mm-hmm. bagged four or five goals. Um, Lacazette needs to wake up and figure out what he's doing the Arsenal team. Otherwise, yeah. he's going to lose his place. I would agree um, with that. But Mkhitaryan played well. Um, you that saw Ganduzi, who's continuing to impress um, in Guendouzi central midfield. has the most tackles and interceptions of any player in the right. Premier League so far. Like, right. that doesn't go unseen. You know right. what I mean? It's it, That's huge. Right. Especially if you're playing for a team that is old. playing... Okay, think about it. I'm sorry. Small rant about Arsenal. But 
people are saying that Arsene Wenger never won, never lost this many matches in a row by this much, whatever. They've had the hardest and will continue to have one of the hardest opening fixtures of the entire league. Yeah. I think the headlines of, oh, Unai Emery's lost two straight are really, really tough, That's right? Like so it's Chelsea tough. against Man City, right? Um, I still think, and you know, maybe I'll be caught with my pants down later in the season, but I still look at look at this Arsenal team and I think they played good football this past week. They lost, unfortunately. Eden Hazard came on and provided some brilliance to, yeah. to uh, assist Alonso, who was great, by the way. Alonso, um, my best fantasy um, pick of the year. Yeah, um, but that, but I, you know, I watched that game and I thought, you know, Arsenal have a bite. They look good. They pl- they're playing well. Um, I'm glad Iwobi got one. They're going to continue. Yeah, they're going to continue to. Uh, Emery's going to continue to kind of press and and, mm. and and force his his way of play and um, I was impressed by the way they responded to going 2-0 down yeah. it's very difficult to do that at it's hard. Um, at, at Stamford Bridge uh, but that brings us to our two fixtures on Sunday I don't want to spend too much time talking about City because again we can kind of sit here and stroke the City uh, excellence ego they, um, they won 6-1 against Huddersfield it was easy they were amazing it was great I mean six great goals Huddersfield sneak sneaked one in, snuck, snuck one in, yeah. whatever. Headed, snaked, Jesus. bamboozled one in. Barely, by the skin of their teeth. Right. But, yeah, that was just, a, it was absolute thrashing. Right. Um, and then we, I, I mean, City were excellent. Um, hat trick for Sergio Aguero. He killed me in fantasy, but that, it is what it is. Um, and then we moved to Burnley-Watford. Burnley scored a, a goal and then lost 3-1 to Watford, which I was surprised by because Burnley opened the season with a defeat against Watford at Turf Moor. That's hard. And it's like Watford, for me, I have them going down this season. We didn't talk about my predictions, wow. but personally, I really think that Watford's going to struggle. I disagree Troy, with that, yeah. You can't. Troy Deeney is maybe their only strong player. He's not always match fit. He is. He's kind of chubby, too, yeah? Exactly. I mean, that's not the reason he's always match fit, but he's just like, he's kind of injury prone. Like, he's doing his thing. Andre Gray, I would never liked and I will never like because of different reasons. Right. He scored a goal for Watford, whatever, but. Right. 3-1. Um, and then that'll, uh, two major headlines in the last two games we're looking at right now. Uh, Man United lost to Brighton 3-2. Um, That's tough. And, uh, you know, you don't need to look past this podcast to know that oh, you, you, you know, Jose Mourinho is under major pressure right now. Yeah. Um, they're talking about him getting sacked. The style of football they're not playing is attractive enough. Players don't want to play for him. Paul Pogba doesn't want to captain the team. Um, they looked very hard pressed to score and they got beat by a, a very very weak Brighton team yeah. I, I look at that Brighton team Brighton starting 35 year old Glenn Murray up top at striker former scored. Palace RIP but um, Brighton's not not a good side I expect them to go down they beat Man United that hurt my prediction but I, I just watched that game and I, yeah. it made me feel for United fans and if I'm a United fan I I, I do respect Jose Mourinho but Jose Mourinho is either going to start working harder and get his team bought into him or get out um, I agree. It's got to go one of two ways there. Yeah, it needs to change the attitude of the team. Pogba said it himself after the game. He's like, my attitude is not right, and right. the team needs to figure that out. Right. Um, and so, yeah, you don't need to look past this podcast for that. The last thing we'll touch on um, is Crystal Palace nil Liverpool 2 on Monday, which is such a harsh scoreline given that fixture. Um, Martha, you watched that game. What would you think? Honestly, I really, I really feel like the refereeing in that match was – it was unfair. Not even as a Palace fan. I am a Palace fan, obviously. Go yeah. Palace. Come on. But Come on. it was hard. I mean, we had a couple calls against us that should have been, we, ha- we should have had a penalty. The penalty called against Sacco um, for Salah. 
debatably penalty, so yeah. it's it's hard. And then the the second goal was scored late by Sané. Right, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw something out here loosely here. I think I think the stat that I that I discovered was Michael Oliver, the referee for that game, Chris Pass Liverpool, has awarded Liverpool a penalty in seven of his last eight games. Eight These or nine, are, yeah. Uh, maybe nine. I Sorry, I, I don't. I, I'll I'll take the over on that. But um, Michael Oliver has given Liverpool a penalty in his last nine games. He's refereed for Liverpool, which is insane if you think about it. Like he's given uh, seven penalties in nine games to one team that he's refed, and um, there are jokes in England made about him being. A Liverpool fan, but um, it's tough to argue when that when the numbers are that skewed. I thought you know you're leaving that game, and if you watch that game, anyone who watched that game knows that Crystal Palace is here to play. Um, they looked a top ten side. We had they looked a Europa League side, to be honest. Um, and I thought I would agree. And Aaron Wan-Bissaka is sending off. Not really, really hard to take. Yeah, it, that's hard to take. Yeah, for him as a 20 year old defender. Right. Defending against one of the best forward three in the world, yep. you get sent off. That's tough. And I think for us I think as fans, it's tough. And I think I think the uh, I think one of the best take uh, one of the best takes I heard was from Robbie Earl from that game, which is mm. Crystal Palace is a center forward away from being a Europa League side. Okay. And I truly believe that um, they have Maximilian Meyer who's going to come into his own central midfield. He's a, a German wunderkind. Um, mm. They've they've got. Um, Luka Milivojevic, Jimmy Mack, Jeffrey Schlupp, all these uh, great defense yeah. with Van Aanholt. If Benteke Van finds his head this Z- season, if, if Benteke can bag 25, 25 league goals, um, Palace will finish in the top six. If he, can bat, uh, if he can bang 20 in, we'll finish top eight. If he can bang 15, we'll finish top 10. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I bank it. Um, it. We need a number nine, and uh, Christian – I, I'm a, I'm an Aston Villa fan, so I, I was thrilled when he signed for Palace. I've been very, very disappointed mm. um, over the past First season. First season, so. I wasn't. I was like, this is a dream. But now, I'm just like, you know, piss or get off the pot. All right. Score some goals or get out of there. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're going we're gonna to start crying and ranting. <laughs> it was a tough, tough Palace defeat. But uh, either way, we feel optimistic about their season. Um, one transition into our, our newest segment, which is the American football segment. So that's football um, from an American standpoint. Um, not American not, football. Yeah, not the fantasy type that people are drafting okay. for right now. Um, Marth, uh, you, yes. you actually work in, in uh, football in the States. So talk to, talk to us through about uh, where you come from and where your fandom comes from right now. Yes. So I work for Detroit City Football Club. We are a NPSL side from Detroit, Michigan. Um, Considered semi-professional at the moment, next year we are going pro. Not sure what league yet, which is super exciting, but I've been a fan of American football, aka soccer, sorry. Soccer. Soccer. Um, For years, honestly. I've lived in New York until recently, and I I worked for New York City Football Club, and I worked for the New York Red Bulls briefly, and it's just been... It's been an exciting time to be in the industry because of the growth and the fandom. Fandom being underlined. I mean, without fans, my team that I work for now, Detroit City, we're nothing. Right. We are dedicated to the fans. We we do what they want and what they say because without them, we're nothing. We don't we can't pay our players currently. We're a semi professional side. So it is a incredible time to be a fan of football in America. Uh, you have the ability to choose a team. It's almost like being in England. You have these right. teams that are, you know, non-league, you know, league one, league two, etc. 
And it's just exciting grassroots football that right. you can get behind, you can put all your money into, you can support. And it's just, I'm so honored to like be a part of, of that happening in Detroit. Right. So I guess what would you say to somebody starting to watch um, the Premier League, for example, right? They, they wake up on Saturdays, they're a little bit hungover from their Friday night. And they're, <laughs> they're watching and it's, they see all these games come on. They, see, they hear the English commentators, Arlo White, mm. you know, Graham Lasso, they hear these guys. What would you say to um, to an American fan casually picking up the sport right now? I would say feel it out. Figure out which team speaks to you and which team really, you know, I guess has your ideas and your ideologies because, you know, there are teams that are, you know, Jewish-based and Catholic-based. There are teams that are more liberal and conservative, like Figure out what's best for you. Don't just watch a Manchester United game and then figure out, oh, Pogba's hair is cool. I'm going to support him. Like, right. sure. Eventually, if that's your reason, go for it. But I guess if you're going to start supporting the Premier League right now, it is such a cool time that you have the ability to watch all these games and you know listen to all these experts. Not us, but other experts. Yeah, God bless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen to all these experts about you know how the teams are doing and where the sport's going. That you have, you're kind of blessed. You have this uh, this room for for experimentation. Figure out which team speaks to you. I mean, I hope it's Palace, but. Well, there you go. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's that's that's our American football segment. So, coming from uh, Marth, who who works for DCFC again, uh, Detroit City Football Club, um, give him a follow. A very very strong grassroots side in Southeast Michigan. But if you live um, in Southeast Michigan, it's it's a day out and it's amazing. You can get super drunk. I'll drive you home. Sheesh. There you go. Official. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, moving on. So uh, just to recap again. Figure out what team speaks to you. Um, could be religious, could not be. We didn't really cover any religious affiliations there. We're trying to stay neutral here on the yeah, pod. I but, just, I try um, to. <laughs> um, no, of course. So let, let's move into to week three and figure out what we got move, moving forward for, for week three. So um, week three is going to be pretty jam-packed. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you're looking at teams who, um, the West Ham's of the world, who feel you know they have to correct and kind of climb out of the, the coffer here, sure. um, facing off against Arsenal. So That's to go, go through the fixtures for you, we've got City Wolves um, on Saturday, uh, West Ham Arsenal on Saturday, um, Everton Bournemouth, Cardiff Huddersfield, Leicester Southampton, um, Liverpool Brighton, and then on Sunday, Watford Palace, Fulham Burnley, Newcastle Chelsea, um, Marth on Saturday. Any games jump out to you as must watch fixtures? Honestly, Arsenal West Ham for me is going to be must watch. It could be Emery's first win. Um, it's got to be West Ham's first win. They're struggling. And also, any game that Liverpool's playing right now, I'm going to watch because they just have that, that expectation of goals. So that front three is so exciting to watch. And especially against Brighton, they don't have a great back line. It's, that's going to be a goal fest. Yeah, so I, th- I think it's actually the, this week. Uh, this weekend kind of has a really, um, I guess, high and low expectation for me. I, I look to see some really, really good games from this weekend. This weekend and some uh, games I think are quite poor, actually, to be honest. Um, for example, Huddersfield-Cardiff play at the John Smith Stadium in Huddersfield. That game is going to be Jesus. trash. Trash, 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 trash. Neil Warnock's going to hoof the ball long. Long. Huddersfield are going to press high. They don't really. They won't really know how to attack. That game will be miserable. I hope I'm sorry. for a friggin' nil-nil draw. I hope Cardiff players get sent off. Yeah, it's it's not going to be good. Um, I also think the Southampton uh, Leicester game is going to be 
not strong either. I've been to St. Mary's. It's at St. Mary's. Um, I've been there with you. Um, and uh, I don't expect them to play very well at home. And Leicester away from home plays kind of counterattacking style. But And they're missing Vardy. Right, Jamie Vardy is out, so that's going to be a snooze fest as well. Um, if I look at some games that I expect to, uh, that I'm excited to see, I am intrigued by the Man City Wolves fixture um, mm. simply because City just won six one. I expect them to absolutely trounce Wolves, but it'll be at the Molyneux, so be where Wolves play um, at home, and it's the early fixture. And um, I don't really expect Wolves to, to, you know, win the game, but I do want to see like how Nuno Espirito Santo plays this with Man City because he hasn't gone up against a side. Being in the championship all last season and being right. the best team, he's never been like by far the most inferior team, um, which he will be against Man City. You're playing the champions. I mean, you're a newly promoted team. It's going to be hard, but I do think that Wolves have a ability to score some goals in this game, especially if Pep is going to be resting some of his guys. Like, Kyle Walker didn't play last week. Right. You know, Sterling Tom, didn't play last week. Sterling didn't play last week. Sané came on late in the second half. Like, Pep has this deep lineup that if he plays it maybe a teensy bit wrong, the like, Wolves could come in with right. a few goals there. Right. Uh, and I do like your pick for the Arsenal-West Ham game. Um, I think that... Um, these are two. These are two. Uh, I think this is the must-watch game of the week, and I'll, I'll agree with you there. Um, these are two teams that haven't won yet, both own two, both coming into week three, they thinking, both need to win. thinking, uh, not this is a must-win. We really want to come on in the league, but both managers thinking, oh crap, I got to win this because people are going to absolutely come yeah. after me if like, I don't. Holy shit. Um, this is a panic. This is a panic win, and this is like uh, the this is like staving off elimination. Everything and like March Madness. This is like yeah. Arsenal, West Ham are panicking right now, thinking we got to beat the 16 seed, otherwise people are going to make fun of us. Um, and so Arsenal, it's at the Emirates. Um, it's not going to be a loud crowd, um, as we is. know. But um, I do expect both uh, both these teams to go after the game. Um, and that'll be a great game. I think my second fixture to watch is the Bournemouth-Everton game, mm-hmm. uh, which just because uh, these are two teams that are playing attractive football right now, I think Callum Wilson, again, looks really good in Josh King uh, for that Bournemouth side. Bournemouth have kind of yeah. retreated away from the high-spending extravagant <laughs> side they had like two years ago. Yeah, they're coming um, off against a really good result last week against West Ham, so yeah. I love uh, that and then Everton with Richarlison look really good. Um, they look sound. They look strong. They look Mar- Marco Silva has that team well drilled. Um, so I'm excited about that that fixture too. And then I expect Liverpool to absolutely trounce Brighton. And okay. quite frankly, I hope they do as well after they just beat Palace. So oh they, no, they I better. hope they do. I hope it's like literally six nothing. Right. Um, and that brings us to Sunday. Um, so we got three fixtures on Sunday and then one fixture on uh, on Monday as well. So on Sunday we've got Watford against Crystal Palace, then Fulham against Burnley, and Newcastle against Chelsea. Three super interesting fixtures to me. Yes. Tell me why. For me, the most the must-watch, not just because we're Palace fans, Watford Palace. Like, that's going to be a great match. Again, I have Watford going down this season, but I don't expect them to be out for the count early. Like, they scored some goals last week. Palace were missing our best defender, and Juan Basaki is going to be suspended for a game. That's a bummer. So whoever's going to be playing in that spot, like, I want to see Christian Benteke shine. I want to see Zaha score a couple. But that's going to be a tough, like, taking chunks out of each other match. Yeah, Palace fans know that Palace Palace went up a couple seasons ago by beating Watford in the playoff final. And, there's some um, blood there. there. Yeah, there's been a strong rivalry. I was at Crystal Palace and Watford last season at mm. Selhurst Park um, and saw Palace score late on to beat Watford. Um, when they were both in the championship, I was at Watford Palace at Vicarage Road. And my coat caught on fire because someone threw a 
uh, a flare. A flare. Yeah. Super Classic. Fun. Yeah, that's normal, right? For Super sellers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 that fixture to me is obviously the best one. Uh, Chelsea Newcastle is going to be uh, a trouncing. I expect Chelsea to play really well high up the pitch. Yeah. Um, Fulham Burnley, I, I am interested by that because that's... I think Fulham's going to press attacking style at, at Craven Cottage, and I think Burnley will play the Sean Dyche way, and I think it's going to be a clash of styles. Uh, Burnley could either win that game 1 0 or they'll lose game 3 0. So um, yeah, it'll go one or either way. Um, but I do agree that Wat- the Watford Palace rivalry is significant since. Um, In big fixture on Monday. Yeah. Really big. Spurs against Manchester United um, late on Monday, which is Manchester United's. Um, I mean, they, they've obviously. They're getting all the TV attention. They have another loaned fixture on their own day. Um, but Man U Spurs, um, prediction for that one. That is. It's going to be a really good match, honestly. Again, we haven't gone over my picks. I have Spurs finishing really high this year. I think they're going to do it. This is hashtag year of Spurs. Wait, you're thinking they're winning it? I get, don't... Get out. I, I do. They didn't and spend it. Okay, anyway. They didn't spend any money over the summer, and I totally understand that, but it's just a really well-conditioned, organized side that I think is going to score a lot of goals and defend really well. Hmm. I want to see how they do against United on Monday. And then let me come back on again and let me adjust my... Yeah. Well, you know, who knows? Um, but, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think it's the defining moment in Jose Mourinho's career. I think yeah. um, Manchester United will play Spurs. I think Spurs are the favorite for that side. It's at Old Trafford. If United don't come away with a win and they sink to... If they lose, they'll, they'll be at three points from three games. Um, yeah, I think jo- Jose, the people have it, the, his head on a spike. Mm. Um, and he'll be out very, very soon. And, I, and so I think that... But also going to Old Trafford on a Monday night is hard. Yeah, and I, it's not an easy picture for Spurs. I mean, uh, like I, I don't want to say Pochettino's going to wipe the floor with them, but um, Spurs are the favorite. I mean, look at the... the you, you know, you just touch on that, the kind of... Um, the how it's close, the the, yeah, how close the squad is, and how conducive the squad is to success. Kane getting his first August goal—that's huge. Like right. it may not seem like that big of a deal. It's like, oh, he finally scored a goal in August. No, that is huge. Right. Starting off the season strong like that—it's massive. Right. So um, I expect I expect Spurs to win that one, but I do think that like uh, I do think a win for United will quiet the Mourinho haters and kind of mm. reaffirm his position with the team. Uh, a loss there could see him out. Um, by November. Yeah, that's hard. Um, so, anyway, guys, we're we're about half an hour in. Uh, what I want to touch on is our final segment here, which is our non-league nonsense <laughs> segment. Um, so, what we want to bring to your attention is um, some stuff that's going on in England um, that's not in the English Football League. So, for those who don't know, the English Football League consists of the Premier League, the Championship, League One, League Two. Um, and then non-league is below that. So non-league is not endorsed by the Footballing Association. So a lot of the teams are semi-professional, much like Martha's DCFC. Yes. Um, and in England, there is a team right now called FC United of Manchester. Okay? So FC United of Manchester um, is a team that was founded by supporters who opposed the Glazier takeover of Manchester United back in 2005. So Glazier is the American family who took over uh, Manchester United in 2005. Very, very wealthy. Um, affiliated with the Red Sox, um, yeah. things like that. So the fans who were uh, fans of Manchester United before that um, saw the Glazier takeover happening 
kind of revolted and said, we aren't, we aren't going to be fans. We're not going to pay more for season tickets. We're kind of, um, we're grassroots Manchester United fans. Um, didn't renew their season tickets and actually took that money and created a team so called FC United of Manchester. And this team was created about from a couple like Sunday league footballers. So a bunch of mates um, who got together and were like, okay, we're going to create our own team. Who's like grassroots. We don't care about the big money, but we're also like all Manchester United fans. Um, they made their own, made their own team. So this team that they founded back in 2005, 2006, is now in the Blue Square North, which means if they get promoted two more times, they're going to be in the fourth division of English football, which means they'll be in the professional league. So these guys started, I'm talking like 20th division, it's, like like semi-professional, like like playing for fun. Like, you know, I, I mean, I have a job. Like, I, I play soccer. Like, like, I would play for FC United Manchester 10 years ago. Right. Right, um, and now if they they're they're hovering at the bottom of the blue square north, but if they if they win the blue square north and then win the blue square premier, they're in the footballing league and they'll be officially recognized as yeah, and maybe a couple of years club. until they fully you know do get there. It. But holy shit, that is so cool! Non-league nonsense. Right? That's some non-league nonsense. Yeah, that's like if people like a family like hated. Uh, you know, we're big fans of the Yankees and like hated, yeah. I don't know, Stein, Steinbrenner or something like that. And like, like when they made their own baseball team. And then they were in the MLB like 20 years later. Literally. That's, that's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's non league nonsense. Detroit City um, FC actually played FC United of Manchester a couple of years ago. Uh, we brought them over. Really? A, uh, a friendly. Yeah. Well, there you go. Non league nonsense meeting American non league nonsense. So. Indeed. Just I would call Detroit City FC non-league nonsense for sure, and <laughs> all the fans would agree with that. They would take pride in that. Yeah. Um, well, it's good. It's good to see that um, spirits are in the, in the in the right place. Even though, the, the, yeah, these these English uh, FC United Manchester fans know that. I mean, that's that's just crazy to me. Like being a pa- like if I was like a Palace fan, and like then just to drop that and go so grassroots, it's 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 more than football at that point. It's a it's a it's a culture. It's a system it's, of beliefs. It's a principle thing. Yeah. Just even thinking about just dropping the team that you support and starting your own, not even thinking about the money, just thinking about the the support. It's it's yeah nice. yeah 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 the emotional side of it. Um, all right, well, uh, listeners, we got a couple of admin updates for you. Um, so what I, I'm I'm proud to announce that this this podcast will be the first one that is on Spotify. Hopefully. Woo-hoo. Pending, yeah, thank you for the woo-woo. Pending um, this current, uh, it's not that easy actually to get on there. I may be saying this and people might comment like, you're an idiot, you should know how to do that. But I don't know how to do that. It's kind of difficult to figure out. Um, Chase is back next week. So Chase, we miss you. Uh, please survive the hurricane Just in Hawaii. Just hope you make it back from the hurricane. Um, and then if you have requests for anything on the on future pods, please request that to jridgway12. So that's J-R-I-D-G-W-A-Y 12 on on Twitter, shoot me a message, shoot me a little inbox. Um, I can try and get you on. Um, if you have any feedback for Marth as well, being yes, on the pod you. for her first time, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, but that's all we got for this week, and I appreciate you listening. Just goes to show. Everybody's human. Cheers. <laughs>